From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Monday, November 27th. The Monday after Thanksgiving, the year 2017. It's cold and we welcome you inside on this, the week where Tiger Woods returns to the game of golf, where he should be on a golf course and not in a courtroom or, you know, taking pictures of people at a at a you know gas station or something. He is back where he's supposed to be. We welcome in and we welcome in Alex Lazan to talk about it. Hello, sir. Jeremy, how you doing? Uh, it's officially time that time of the year to say Tiger Woods is back for real. So w- w- let me give the folks out there some perspective. You basically told me about six months ago for and and I'm paraphrasing here. Just stop talking to me about Tiger stuff until he's back. So he's officially back. I've agreed to have this conversation on those grounds. I've been holding you hostage for five to six months now, and I've been chewing you away with uh, your tidbits on the progress of the game. But I've seen the swing videos. I've watched him practice a little bit in the Bahamas, and uh, it looks like he's going to give these four rounds a go. And and I'm not sure if you've seen the quote, but Justin Thomas, who had played with Tiger at home, and we paired with him 12.05 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, so, so, so people are going to be shocked at how good he looks. Um, this is all really positive, good signs in terms of where Tiger is right now. I will say that the, the length comments were surprising to me. I mean, obviously with the last you know two or three return attempts we've seen from Tiger, he's had the rounds where he's playing down in Jupiter at Medalist with Ricky Fowler and whatnot and that crew and you know they're getting the reviews saying you know they're, you're seeing old shades of the old Tiger coming back uh, but what I hadn't heard up until just you know a couple weeks ago is what I heard recently from Ricky and a couple other playing partners and that yeah he's driving it past us on occasion uh, he has that length and more back and that's interesting because I feel like kind of the notion of the past two or three years was that he was going to return with a swing that would just merely keep it in play and make him relevant enough that he could make up for it all on the back end, you know, in and around the green, where we've seen him do it time and time again for the past 15, 20 years. So it's interesting to me to see if they're kind of labeling him as having the power back in addition to just his game on a whole. So that, that's definitely obviously sparking mine and a lot of people's curiosity for this week. Don't you feel that some of that is just the fact that he can finally, if, if we assume that he's healthy, if we assume that he's not in pain, and if we can assume, uh, 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 like you told Gino Oriema, that he can finally now take a proper stance. If we assume all these things are factually true, and Tiger has been known to say things that are not true, but if we assume that they are true, he can finally take advantage of modern technology. He, he can finally get his swing and get his stance and get himself in a position where he can actually use technology to help gain this distance even as he doesn't have the power like he usually did because that was the problem before which is that he was so much in pain that they couldn't take a proper stance couldn't have a proper weight transfer couldn't have a proper load his swing was short Um, He was basically preventing himself from using modern technology, which has helped so many players keep their careers going. Right, and and if you're in kind of the Tiger fanboy camp, the the logic that you're excited about here is that this 
wrestling does go around this time uh, with Como and, and moving forward to 2017, 2018, this is a much better swing for his back. A lot of people yeah. would contend that the last couple of changes he made over the past, you know, five, ten years were swings that just further exasperated the problems with his upper and lower body uh, over the past few years. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, if you're in that camp where you're, you're looking for him to have a good finish this week and kind of catapult that into, you know, whatever you deem a return, then this is a better swing for his health and can keep him upright. And, you know, let's, let's take everyone down one step again, Jeremy. We want, just want to see him play four rounds upright, swinging consistently, you know, not bailing out and giving up and, and reaching for his, you know, lower left back. You know, those are the things you want to avoid seeing in the Bahamas this week. And you led perfectly into my next statement, Alex, which is I am not one of these delusional Tiger fans that think he's about to win. I have no idea. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if you saw this. A lot of people have been tweeting Peter Costas to, to get his thoughts on, on Tiger's swing. And, okay. and Peter basically shut him down. He said, every golfer that I've taught, every professional, has a driving range swing, a casual round swing, a tournament swing, and a major championship swing. And until he sees, uh, until we let Tiger get back into the flow of regular rounds, tournament rounds, Sunday rounds, some bigger events, he thinks it's premature to make a snap judgment off some slow-mo videos of what Tiger's swing is, is not, and what he thinks. And as you may remember, at the Greenbrier a couple of years ago, the most fascinating swing vision that I've seen recently was the one where they put him side-by-side, side, driving range on course, ran the same frame length, and his on-course swing was way faster, and he got the impact way faster than he did on the range where he was more in control. And I think for people to think that he's going to come out and shoot 66 and, and run all over this field is, is, for me, outrageous. I think if he break 70 that is a monumental and positive achievement well jeremy you know i'm going to hit you with the uh the info from las vegas on his predictions for for his round and and just to give you an idea you know you're looking at breaking 70 the the over under for his lowest round of the week if you want to bet on it in vegas is 69.5 so mm. they're, they're in the exact same camp with you in that they fully expect every round to be between 70 and 75. Uh, the the over-under for his highest round on the other end is 75 and a half. The over-under for his round one performance on Thursday is shooting over-under 72 and a half. So the, the expectations are very modest. And, and you know I'm a guy that loves to look at the insider edge and see how the, uh, the odds makers uh, look at his progress uh, because they're looking just as intently as every other golf fan is. Um, so that kind of gives you an idea as to where the the public expectations are. You know, it's I believe he beat one or two guys in last year, thirteenth, uh, eighteenth yep, uh, last year, and I, it would be hard to expect a whole lot better. And, and one more one more odds bet for you: the odds-on favorite, if you want to pick where his position is is to finish between 11th and 17th place. That's the odds-on favorite uh, based on, on what's been laid down in the casinos and sports books, uh, just to kind of give you an idea uh, of where you know the rest of the world's expectations really do lie this week. Uh, by the way, um, this is a par 72, uh, just so that uh, yeah. people have the right par in their head as they look around these scores. As you know, Alex, um, 
Brandel Chambly uh, on Golf Channel has been very much in the camp that the bigger problem Tiger has is the chipping yips and not anything with his golf swing. And Tiger said something yesterday which was interesting, which is the biggest misconception about his injury was that he could practice a short game because it didn't involve stress in the back. But he said that was actually worse, and that's where it felt the most. And anybody who has seen him play over the last couple of days has said that a short game in terms of, of yippy chips and pitches looks fine. For, for me, and remember, he was able to start with that first, and he was having chipping and pitching contests. Uh, oh, with he, was, he was so anxious to post that slow-mo video yes. on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, that's uh, definitely a contradiction of the comments he made earlier this week, then, because he, he couldn't wait to get that uh, that 20-yard nip-chip video online. Well, hold on a second, Alex. I, I'm talking about uh, prior to the surgery. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, but but the fact that he posted that that shirtless video wearing a a sleeveless uh, sorry a sleeveless shirt a uh, video a sleeveless white t shirt and Raiders gym shorts, uh, <laughs> which has to be the most bizarre uh, clothing he has posted in a in a picture or video since Mac Daddy Santa, um, <laughs> but <laughs> but. Um, the fact that he's had these pitching contests with JT and uh, Ricky, and the fact that he's been so excited to post this stuff, I think is a good sign. And if his short game is good, you know, part of the problem back in 2015, if you remember back when he had the problems in Phoenix, um, was that his swing was off. It, it, it put a lot of pressure on his short game, and then his short game was atrocious. Now, if he has problems getting into competitive flow in terms of... of um, of um, finding his swing. If, if the short game is back, that's a huge next step for turning 74s into 71s. Absolutely. It's a combination of those little 10, 20, 30-yard chip shots around the green, and then it's, it's backed up by making the 4, 6, 8-footer for par when you don't hit the most perfect chip. Because, you know, obviously there is still going to be some of that rust, you know, officially contur- uh, turning to a competitive round. You know, this isn't the most, you know, sought after or, or highly regarded tournament in the world by any means, but it's going to be a tournament where the score is kept, the cameras are rolling, and he's got a playing partner. Now, with that being said, I think the conditions are optimal for Tiger to have a decent performance this week. And you look at, you know, the way, you know, the committee of one laid out the tee times <laughs> yes. for Thursday. He's got a nice 12 o'clock midday tea time. He's playing with his buddy JT, who dines at his restaurant all the time. Five days a week. A nice, calm, quiet day for for a majority of the week, weather-wise. This is, you know, a guy that he's very familiar playing with, so it's definitely one of the most comfortable settings he could possibly put himself in for for a return after the break he's taken. And also remember a couple other things about this event. Number one, he has a house there. He, He practices there, or has over the years practiced there when the weather's gotten bad. In Florida, and number two, he knows this golf course backwards and front because he made some changes to, to this golf course after Ernie Els designed it. So uh, it's it's not only optimal weather-wise, it's optimal um, just in, in in the way the tournament's set up. And, and, and also remember, there's not a lot of people, uh, fans at this event. So it's actually fairly um, good in that sense. Now, yeah. you, you did mention something else, though, with the cameras being on. This is a stout field. I mean, this is eight of the top ten, a whole bunch in the top five. Um, 
you've got a scenario where you're, where Justin Thomas c- can get to number two this week in the world. DJ safe at number one uh, this week. There is, I think, an interesting field test. You know, look, if he had come back, and this is no offense to any of these events, but if he had come back at the, you know, at the Indian Open, the field quality there versus here, while this is a hit and giggle in, in, in late November, December, um, there is a whole big difference between the field in, in the Indian Open and, and, and the field in the Hero World Challenge. Both are sponsored by Hero. Two Hero events, very different fields. Um, I do think this is an interesting test for him, and I think if he gets in the flow of it, and, and if, like last year, he sniffs the lead like he did on... Was it Friday and then again maybe on Saturday? Um, if he can sniff it, I think it'll be interesting. Keep in mind the number one thing Alex he said last year after he uh, played the first round is he forgot how hungry he was. He has tried to get his legs back better this time around. Um, he had some problems finishing rounds of late in recent years. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm curious. That's, to and that's obviously a major red flag when you're at the career in his age that he's at. I mean. Let's just face it, you know, once you hit that 40 number in, in the game of golf, it's a very finite number of athletes who are able to to recreate their best form or anything near it. Yeah. Um, so, he, <laughs> you know, when you're throwing in the fact that he needs the conditioning, it's, it's one of those things that shock, shocks you. It's kind of akin to, you know, hearing about, you know, your favorite NFL defensive player, you know, coming back from minicamp and not failing the, and failing the conditioning test because he can't run a mile in seven or eight minutes. So it's one of those things that kind of surprises you. You don't, you don't think about those little things, but exactly you know, had the layoff he's had, it, it requires every, you know, every small measure to be looked at a little bit more carefully to make sure that nothing is in the way except just him swinging the golf club and getting in the hole with as little shot as possible. And, and I think this is where this comeback is going to be better because he's been on the treadmill a lot. He's been on the bike a lot. Um, I, I think he's in better physical shape this time around, which is obviously different than golf shape. But I think physically he's, he's in a better spot. By the way, who is your pick to win this week? Um, I'm in a, a one-and-done league where one school of thought would say take Tiger and just you know get him out of the way and save everybody else. Uh, who has a better shot of contending in places next year? Um, what's your sense in terms of, the, of what's smart to do of who to pick this week? Yeah, uh, my gut, based on last year, this was a Hideki win. Yeah. Um, like chances from Justin Thomas, obviously. It's hard to go against his form. Uh I'm going to have to go with Justin Rose, though. I'm going to take a little bit of a local stab with him. Hottest golf um, on the planet. Yeah, being, being being very familiar with the area and playing there. Um, he's been going all over the place, it seems like, the last few weeks. I feel like I've watched Justin Rose play in the morning, afternoon, evening, and night on the golf <laughs> channel in the last month. Uh, so kudos to him. Probably. Uh, yeah, let's say he keeps it rolling. So I would, I'll go with Justin Rose this week. Uh He's playing with Tommy Fleetwood, who just won the race to Dubai. So definitely a good pairing. You can tell uh, that this uh, these pairings were put together in a very friendly manner. Yes. All, all the bros were paired up together. It is December. And, and by the way, I hope people notice that, that, the, that the final group of the day is Mr. Kuchar and Mr. Spieth reuniting. <laughs> 
yeah. back back together again. We know what happens. I, I have a feeling Tommy Roy in the truck will cue up just a couple flashbacks to uh, what happened back at our, at our Burkdale this past July. Um, Definitely quite quite a hit and giggle purse too uh, like something like six figures to the whoever finishes and did last place so you, you know, know it it's impressive what you can get in december in golf in uh, 2017 we are talking to alex was on here on teeing up all right alex so i've talked a lot so i'm going to take a step back you've got some takes so you tell me about the pga tours uh, social media content so on your mark get set go well first off it's it's hard because I'm, I'm such a big Twitter user these days. I follow it for news, sporting events, and everything in between. And I get a lot of information just not only from the people I follow, but, you know, what people like and whatnot. There's a ton of activity on social these days. And it's, it's hard to not notice the difference between the Twitter and Instagram accounts for the American U.S. PGA Tour and the European PGA Tour. It is like... It's like night and day, Jeremy, and the, and the thing that I pointed out to you that I've seen over the past three, six, probably 12 months, and I know you have a little insight into the, the person who's behind it and running the, the social and that, that kind of thing. Yeah, Jamie Kennedy for the European Tour. The European Tour, tour yeah. social media is just has a really impressive level of engagement. Um, they make golf a lot more fun for even a non-golf-watching audience. I find myself turning to my girlfriend and showing her European PGA Tour social videos because I know they'll appeal to someone like her who's even a non-golfer. Whereas, uh, you know, you, you just don't quite get that that uh, level of candidness and that that closeness to player relationships that you see, you know, when you get to watch guys hit down a two-yard fairway or golf through a city with the people in Hong Kong. It's it's very unique what they're doing. It's just it's really struck me as a as a weird hole that I feel like the U.S. PGA Tour ha- hasn't quite filled yet for being 2017. Yeah, you know what's interesting about that, Alex, um, and, and I wholeheartedly agree. And what Jamie Kennedy and his team have done. Don't forget about Billy, um, and and those interviews with the uncomfortable questions. Um, yeah. And and. I think it's a couple things. When Jay Monahan took over last year in the PGA Tour, he talked about, or, or sorry, or, um, sorry, earlier this year, but as every golf fan who's uh, listening to this knows, there's been a line of succession in place for about two years, and everybody knew Tim Finchin was going to step aside and hand it to Jay. And last year, Jay went out to Facebook uh, headquarters in California and said he was stunned at how far they needed to go to get to where an active sports league should be on Facebook. I think there's a, there's a couple things at play here. When Amanda Balionis left the PGA Tour for Callaway and now CBS, they lost, and, and this is nothing against Kelly Hawkins, this is nothing against Taryn Schaefer, but, they've, they, but, but they lost their most visible digital face. Um who had been there for many years and, and, and had built up a following. So when you look at something like by a mulligan or good, bad, unusual, um, those things obviously lost the, the, the central host who had uh, helped to, to build up um, some of that fanfare. Uh, honorary guest of the, uh, the podcast. Yes, yes, and hopefully she'll be back this coming January. Um, and secondly... We know how uh, uptight the PGA Tour can be. We know how uptight PGA Tour players can be. 
And we also know the plight of the European tour, which is not great. You've got most of the big-name players living in America, golfing in America. Uh, the European tour, besides select events, has, has been really on hard times. But I believe that's been a gift to them in terms of this space where they don't have a fear of messing up. They don't have a fear of of aggravating someone. Look at how uptight the PGA Tour is about you know stepping the wrong way, basically. Um, and, and I really think that um, the freedom they have, because they have nothing to lose. I mean, people are not going to be, and this is no offense to them, you know, the amount of people that will be watching, um, you know, this week's European Tour event, and I honestly forget, it's the Australian PGA, and then there's another event, uh, some event co-sanctioned with the Asian Tour. Nothing personal, no one is going to be watching that event at 3 in the morning in the U.S. live on Golf Channel. Yet, if they put out some nice social content, people will see it on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, etc. I think that freedom... Um, and the buy-in from the players who have nothing to lose on their end has really helped them in that space. Um, and I will also say, and I'm curious about your thoughts on this, the PGA Tour has done a bunch of stuff with Facebook Live in terms of Q&As. Um, yep, walking a hole with a celebrity or a player yep, in a practice round. Yep, which I find fascinating. But I feel like the shelf life of that's a lot shorter um, and especially after Facebook redid where Facebook Live fell in the app, I feel like less people may have realized that that was there. And I feel like what, what, what the European tour has done is had more staying power over a longer span of time. I can go back and watch those Billy interviews, and there's nothing that's out of date about them. Um, and, and not that there's anything much about those walking a hole videos that's out of date because everybody loves strategy, but it was you know it's it's about that event and that hole and that day. Um, I, I I I that's just my personal view is that I think the European Tour took advantage of the added freedom that they have and and pounced on it to great effect. Right, and and one you know kind of key example that I look at where I, I just think it's a really easy move to make for the USPJ Tour is, uh, you know, a few times I've seen this year, not to be too specific, I believe it is Hero that's been the sponsor of it. They've had, I believe, a couple of events called the Hero Challenge or whatnot, and they put them on Tuesday or Monday nights, uh, you know, the week of the European Tour event. Correct. They'll have three or four players out somewhere in the city, and they'll actually set up a, a par three, you know, with about 100, 200 yards of room. And it essentially turns into a night golf extravaganza where they have lasers and lights going off and music playing and, you know, food and beverage served. And it's, it's a kind of a social gathering and like a convention to promote the tournament within the city it's in. And, you know, you just kind of look back and, and you know, look at where the USPJ Tour sits this week. They have, you know, 18 of the top players in the world all down in the Bahamas this week. You know, programming holes are, are distinctively open for nights like Tuesday or Wednesday evening. How amazing would it be to have three or four PGA Tour players compete in, you know, just a one or two hour live televised event on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, the week of the tournament, you know, showcasing the coolest hole, getting a crowd out there and, and bringing a little more edge to the, to the, to the crowd and the tournament and just kind of the, the connection with, with, like I said, the golfing fans and the non-golfing fans. That, that's one, like, simple idea that, 
it just kind of jumped out at me that, that it, it seems missing from the USPGA Tour. And it's not just that, Alex. It's it's this lack of willing to experiment. I mean, what's the biggest innovation the PGA Tour has done recently that's, that's taken note? It's probably Zurich and the format change. That's not anything, oh my God-ish. Um, there was supposed to be that Rory Ricky battle match in primetime from Detroit last year that never came to be. Um, and the, not the non-golf fan, Jeremy, would tell you that the biggest innovation in, in golf broadcasting and connection with the game is that shot tracer. So if yeah, you're non-golf, yeah. you can actually see where the ball's going. It's yeah. crazy as it sounds. <laughs> Which is remarkable. By the way, uh, and this is totally off topic, um, Alex is, is in Austin, um, which is where Top Golf was founded. The new Top Golf in Orlando, I believe, is the first to have uh, Pro Tracer technology, now called Top Tracer technology, integrated into Top Golf. I'm curious, do, uh, um, any idea if the Austin one, considering it's basically home base for the company, is going to make that change soon? I'd love to ask about that. That is definitely, uh, that should be in the pipeline, if, if not very soon, because, uh, again, that just adds more perspective, and it's yeah. coolness level up, a level up for the game of golf for everyone, so definitely, definitely exciting idea. By the way, and isn't this wonderful, I mean, just the way your golf god luck will happen? Here I am, it's November 25th, I was there Saturday night, I striped it. Why haven't I striped it this way all year, and I stripe it at Top Golf on a Saturday night in November? Right, exactly. It's the it's the zero swing thought theory. You know, when you got nothing going on in your brain, that's the best time to play golf. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, let me hit you on a couple fast ones while I have you. Uh, number one, when Gordon Hayward went down, did you ever expect the Celtics to be this good and 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 have the streak that they've had? No, there was like a for the thirty sixty minutes after it was just immediate resignation of oh well we're, we'll be good again but yeah it's going to be another waiting year and then, and then the last uh, thirty to forty five days happened where Kyrie Kyrie Irving proved that he's just a uh, a lot more than we even we even knew we were getting a hold of it's it's been really exciting and God just just so spoiled to have this this win streak so early in the year it's really early for the team but right. Definitely been surprising to say the least. As someone who watches them consistently, who's the unsung hero on this team? Who has stepped up in in Gordon's absence to help them? Oh, you know, I think Terry Rozier is a very underrated player this year. He's made a big leap, and you know, he's a guard coming off the bench now, but he has turned into a lot more than just a defensive-minded guard. Uh, he's found a way to score the ball a lot more, and. And he's becoming a, a real off, uh, offensive option for them, too. So, you know, on top of the guys that they were able to keep and the two they drafted, Jalen Brown and Tatum, who have gotten off to great starts, I would definitely throw Rozier in there, too, as a, as a quiet impact player for him. You moved down to Texas in what year? It was 2010, so we're going on seven, moving towards eight years here in uh, the Lone Star State. Will the University of Texas football team ever be good again? I think I cursed them. I moved down here about five months after they lost the national championship to Alabama, and it's never been the same since. <laughs> so that's why I brought this up. They've they the fact that they improved from five and seven to a bowl eligible six and six this year. People were actually cheering in Austin, so that that shows you 
how much lowered the the state of uh, of what's considered good football has gotten around here. As somebody who has you know obviously come to follow them since you moved down there, are you surprised? You know, it's a big name program. It's got its own TV network. It's got a huge funding base. They've had all these big name coaches come through, and they've basically been flat in how bad they've been. Yeah, it's just a constant. It's going to be a constant quest to find the next Mac Brown and that's one of those things where I don't really know if you're ever going to find but they're going to they're going to keep that search for a while until they realize that it's going to be hard to find a, a lifelong legend coach like that um, so it's it, I'm definitely team Tom Herman as far as uh, his first year. It's been less than stellar, but you've seen a lot of signs of improvement that you did not see in the past few years with Charlie Strong. So, yeah, hopes up, but geez, it's, it's, it's definitely a sad state when the goal down here is seven or eight wins for next year. Yeah, exactly. Um, final thing, your best, your, your favorite, and I'm putting you on the spot here. I should have asked you this before I asked all the other questions. Your favorite moment in golf this year, any tour, any gender? Ooh. For I me, I think it's the speed pull out in Hartford. Just be- that has nothing to do with what, what you would like the answer to be. Okay. Uh, so I don't even have the names offhand. But I'm, I'm going to go with the, um, if you remember, there was a extremely awkward, I want to say, U.S. girls amateur or girls junior match where there was a putt that was uh, picked up even though it wasn't conceded. And it led to like a couple days of just amazing controversy online on Twitter with thousands, oh, yes. thousands of adults complaining over a 15-year-old girls junior match uh, in the USGA. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I believe this, this was the U.S. The girls' weirdest, junior. Wildest things I'd seen in golf in a long time, and it came my brain first. <laughs> well, if you're going to go that route, then it's obviously what happened to Lexi. I mean, I was at a, uh, I, 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 I was at a, a day pool in Vegas, and my dad texts me. Before the four-stroke penalty would definitely be a good runner-up. Yeah, I mean, I'm at a day pool in 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 in, in Vegas. And my dad texts me huge rules controversy. Involving Lexi, even Tiger's pissed. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, and my dad's policy when you're you know on vacation is don't disrupt the person. So when um, when that happened, I'm like, oh geez, so something's up here. And then obviously all of us know what the heck happened there. Good obscure runner-up reference there. Like yeah, and then and then number two, uh, I think it's the Spieth hole out in, in Hartford just because of the atmosphere, the moment. The fact that, you know, what Daniel Berger said, uh, uh, sorry, just Jordan doing Jordan things, um, everything about that, and it, it really catapulted the, the, the PGA uh, Tour to a great back half of the year after a fairly flat first part. Um, yeah, that the thing I really, only thing for me to add about that shot is that when, when I kind of look back at watching all the golf I've seen this year, that was the one shot that actually made me get up and jump out of my yeah. my chair and scream. I don't think I really did that for maybe any other shot of the entire year except that one, so it definitely stands out in that aspect. And I think, too, Alex, one of the reasons why that made all of us jump is that he had limped in. I mean, he looked awful. He 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 basically blew a, a lead in almost the golf tournament down the stretch. He was heavily leaking oil and was not sure. showing you know, the number one player in the world, like, game, and then he does that, I mean, which is just, you know, ridiculous. Can't, 
can't discount him this week as well. You know, we're, we're, we're he's one of those guys we always we tend to sleep on the last couple of years, but the consistency has been, been unmatched from Jordan. He eagled his last hole last week in Australia to catapult him uh, towards the Bahamas. All right, it's November It's November 27th, uh, 2017. On November 27th, 2018, Tiger Woods will have done what? He will have played 7 to 10 PGA Tour tournaments next year. Uh, he'll have a... Uh, a few made cuts and a, and potentially a, a top 20 or 10 mixed in. Will he have withdrawn from any event? Can I have to say yes to at least one? Maybe not Maybe not that many, though. I, I, I kind of see signs of brightness in this new swing that, that could keep him upright for, for what he would consider most of a full season. I think he plays the full season. He gets a win. Um... And he doesn't contend in any major. Okay. Re- reasonable enough. No, nothing too crazy, you know. There are people that think that if he wins... There are people that think that if he wins this week, that means he'll contend in a major. You and I both know, because we've both played competitive golf, casual to tournament to major, and especially tournament to major, is a huge leap. And trying to peak four times... You know, four times a year at the right time, and especially in Tiger's boat, where unless he gets a win here early on, he will not have WGC privileges and will have a hard time reaching the 40-round quota, which he loves to reach before Augusta, is going to be really hard. Yeah, if the the walk from, you know, a casual round of the Bahamas to playing... Uh, a regulation tournament is one flight of stairs, and the walk from a regulation tournament to a major is is another five to ten flights of stairs. Yeah. Well put. He is Alex Lazan. Uh, thank you for coming on Teeing It Up. Uh, enjoy Absolutely. Tiger this week. Uh, to all of you, enjoy Tiger. It's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, it's good to see him out there and good to see him healthy. And thank you, sir, for coming on Teeing It Up. Cheers. Have a good night, everybody. Take care.